0: everyone has an opinion but he's got the von hessler doctrine eric von hessler on wsb
1: live from sherwood forest hour two of the von hessler doctrine begins now i am the aforementioned eric von hessler I'm joined by the publisher of Poets, Artists, and Madmen. That's Patrick Best. Hey. I'm joined by my producer. That's Jared Yamamoto. Hello there. And I'm joined by a man named Nick who wasn't born in America. That's English Nick. Ooh. Right there. Yeah, I know. Whoa. <laughs> Go back home, pal. Whoa. Speak English. I mean American. All That's right, my, <laughs> <laughs> can you swear? There's there's certain words that are that are that are that are curse words. in Yeah. That uh, aren't here, and I wonder if you can use them here. But I'm not going to push that because you, well,
2: there's one mild one you can say. Well, I
1: don't. I'm not going to trust you. My name's Eric von Hester. Yes. If you know my history, I have been tossed off the radio oh. several times for saying the wrong. Well, it was never my fault, but people saying the wrong things into the microphones.
2: Mild curse word in the UK,
1: bloody. Yes. See, my 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 in-laws are yeah. from England, and. If you say that word in front of them, they feel like, okay, this is on. Yeah. There's a real (laughs) fight going on. And I, to me, it's nothing. Mm It all all depends on where you are. Well, it is, uh, that would outrage them. People are outraged. That's why we covered. It's time for, it's time for Outrage Corner. Well, it's all right. We don't have to have the imager. People are outraged, and uh, we shall Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick people are bloody outraged. Ah, watch it. Now you're outraging my yeah, in-laws. As we stand. All right. Yeah. What are people outraging about this week? Well,
2: feminists are angry, Eric. The Kermit That well, hold on. Feminists are angry. Yes. Why? There's a news alert. That another, never happens. Another There's register a in a phrase. They got their knickers in a twist. <laughs> Feminists are angry <laughs> that Kermit the You're Frog's new girlfriend is young and thin. Her name is Denise. Kermit's been spotted out and about with the new lady, but he denies that it's his new girlfriend. But he did split with Miss Piggy last
1: okay. month. First things first. <laughs> Feminists. <laughs> Need to look in the mirror and decide if things have really gone too far when there's a headline that says, Feminists <laughs> are outraged because of Kermit the Frog's new girlfriend. Far as I know, Kermit the Frog's still a Muppet. Yep. Now, they're bringing the, the Muppets back for a, their own primetime show again, right? This, this week or next week. Yeah, my, week? my yeah. understanding is it's going to be done like The Office, where there's a sort of a reality show going on that's being filmed, and so it's going to be done from that point of view. Now, look, they're the Muppets... Sometimes they hit. Sometimes they miss. I understand putting them on. I understand, you know. But in order to put them on and have an office-like storyline, things have to happen. The essence of drama is conflict. Mm -hmm. So things have to happen. Kermit and... Why am I talking about this? They're Muppets. And we're talking about feminism at the same time. I have one other point to make. Okay. For years and years and years, maybe people who weren't ideal in their body structure, makeup, maybe they weren't accepted as much as the beautiful people. Okay, so the beautiful, skinny blonde could always get a little bit further than maybe the chunky brunette. And we all kind of get enlightened after a while and think, you know, that's just not right. People are people, and people should be accepted as who they are. And you know what? I'm all on board for that. If you're somebody, I'm chunky myself, you know? I don't want to be judged for it. It doesn't happen to men as much as it does to women. Certainly, women are, you know, judged against the ideal more than men are. I'm all for this idea that everyone just relaxes on that and says, look, I'm going to accept you as who you are. But at what point did that turn around to where skinny, good-looking girls are now the enemy? Right. right wait, don't skinny, good-looking girls, aren't they part of the American fabric as well? How How is it... That now that's a horrible... No, it's not supposed to work that way. The idea is that you work and protest to become part of the conversation and you convince other people. Yeah, you know what? We shouldn't judge people because they're not ideal. They don't have ideal bodies. That's understandable. But at what point did it go that much further that now the young, skinny, hot girl is horrible for america and just a bad example (laughs) Uh, why does it have to keep on going why can't it just be acceptance okay toleration now we accept we're open-minded but it has to keep on going to the point that any young skinny hot girl is some kind of a threat to the american fabric now it's like remember uh was it last year there was a i think it was last summer not this summer i keep my years confused now could have been this summer or last summer beginning uh, in New York City, there was some kind of advertisement on the trains about "Are you uh, are you beach skinny or something oh like that?" Oh yeah, it had the yeah. bikinis and all the feminists were were scrawling on it. Well, you're scrawling over a woman who's a real live flesh woman who works for a living, and you're basically saying, "I hate this woman," right? Because you don't think people should hate women, unless it's you right. and you decide the type <laughs> of women that you're going to hate. So I don't understand how it got to the point where you know, just naturally hot, young, skinny women are now the enemy. It's it's that it's not necessary in order for everyone to just accept people with their body types the way they are. I mean, look at Dragon Gone. Yeah, plenty of did, Chuckie did noticed that Denise is still a pig. She Jenny's is a pig. Kermit's new girlfriend is a pig. She is yeah. a pig, but she's a slender pig. Yeah. And we're not thinking about
3: Miss Piggy's feelings though. She's probably hurt by all this and Kermit, you know, he's just a scoundrel. You know, he's out there and he's all he's yeah. clearly moved on already. So we're being insensitive to Miss Piggy. And I'm Piggy. supposed to believe
1: for a moment that that isn't part of the story and in the end they kind of come back together or you know, there's a reason for this. You have to have storylines. And the storyline is going to be there's going to be a breakup here, and he's going to go for the younger, good-looking pig. She's
2: been beating the crap out of him for years, so let's be honest, Miss right. Piggy. Let's talk it's about the very violence. Very violent to let's him. Let's talk
1: about the violence and the hysteria yeah. from that Miss Piggy. That's I don't true. know how he stuck it out for 40 exactly. years or however long they have been together, <laughs> <laughs> although they haven't aged, Hi-ya! so I guess it's been... <laughs> <laughs> It's been a pretty good relationship. Okay, I'm done talking about feminism vis-a-vis the Muppets. Give me another outrage.
2: All right, comedian Bill Burr was on Conan this week, and he had some some pretty funny things to say about Caitlyn Jenner. Ah, uh, don't say they're funny. People are outraged, Derek. Here we go again. Hit it. That's what killed me when Bruce became Caitlin. That was
4: like a national news story, like yeah. at, at a ridiculous level. Right. This There's like baby seals washing up on the beach because there's no fish left, and they're talking to this, this lady, you know? Like, so, Bruce, are you going to go? Can your Olympic back handle a D, D cup, or are you going to go with like <laughs> something a little more perky? <laughs> way I'm just saying I miss that guy I miss him already (laughs) he should have told us he should have given us a chance to say goodbye I love you know I watched him on the Olympics Uh I watched him on chips I watched him on that horrible show my wife watched where he just walks around in the background (laughs) and nobody listened to him it was just so sad and then I don't know. I don't know where it's just he just. And then he's, God. God. he's Caitlin. Then you couldn't react. You couldn't on any level be like, oh my God, you know, what the f? You, on any level, you couldn't oh say that, God. or you were automatically homophobic. It's yeah. Like, dude, I didn't hear your inner thoughts. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. All of a sudden, you're supposed to. So, <laughs> dude, you shaved your beard off. People were like, oh my God, that's your chin? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this guy walked out. A dude came back. A woman. You're just supposed to be like, oh yes. Anyways, Kaylin, That's all I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> There's housing crisis. I was creating again. I was
1: just... All right, that's uh, enough. That's enough. That's That's enough. I wanted to play that long clip because I think most people talk about this story and don't hear it. First of all, Bill Burr is one of the funniest people in America right now. Great stand-up comedian. And in a sane world, in a rational world, there is zero controversy to what this guy just said. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like what I was talking about before with the the feminist and and the, the ideal bodies and how things become... Look... Humorists are Americans, too. Humorists have the right to their ideas, too. Humorists live and die based on whether or not people laugh. So I see a response to uh, some of this stuff. Transgender women face murder for the ideas Bill Burr joked about. Murder. It's not funny. You know what? A lot of heterosexuals get murdered every year as well. You know what? Airline pilots get get murdered. We do jokes about airline pilots. We, uh, you know, you could say, if you took that same idea there, no jokes about airplane food. No jokes about Mm -hmm. airplanes. Because we know... That every once in a while a full plane goes down and like three to five hundred people lose their lives. What's so funny about that? How dare you make jokes about airplanes and airplane service and airplane food? It's the same kind of thought idea. Look... Again, I got to make the same point that I just made about feminism. Transgenders, for years, you were oppressed. For what you were, you were, uh, you were ignored. You were not allowed to be part of the conversation. Now we're changing that, right? So if you want to be transgendered, you can be transgendered. You can admit to everybody you're transgendered. The laws are going to reflect the fact that that has to be respected. But you do not have the right then to say no jokes, right? No jokes, and Bill Burr was absolutely correct there. In the at, at the very end, where he's saying, "You weren't even allowed to react like a double take, <laughs> right? or else you're just immediately the the worst hater of all time." This is another this, this this millennial age that we have now, where oh no, we were all look. There's nothing wrong with going. Ooh, that kind of freaked me out, but uh, yeah, sure, fine, okay, cool, cool, cool. Be who you want to be, but you're not allowed to do that. And that's what I want to say to people who are. You know, just it's 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 just annoying to me that the idea when I read 1984, no one ever said it to <laughs> me, but the idea was that this is kind of what Republicans would do if they had too much power. They would censor you, and all the messages would come from the government, and you'd be told to shut up. All of these stories are ways of telling you to shut up. The idea of somebody saying there's nothing funny about the guy who won, who was on the Wheaties box for a, a gold medal in the Olympics is now a woman. Well, no. Yes, there is. There, there uh, There's funny about everything. And right. if you're good enough and you can come up with it. So what my point is that in a rational world, there is nothing, nothing slightly controversial about the things that Bill Burr said. But thanks to our millennials, right. we no longer live in a rational world. We live in a world where we all have to bend toward the one. Yes, very quickly, Patrick. No, I just... I. I thought all most of the drag queens and transgender ge- transgender people yeah. that I run into are pretty funny. They're pretty. Like, Where is the humor? Come yeah. on, Some man! Some of the most cutting humor I've ever heard has come from gay people. Yeah, man, you want to be lashed <laughs> and made to feel like a nothing at a party. Getting to a back and forth with a with a queen. What happened? All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I miss Richard Pryor. Uh, more outrage when we return.
0: Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.
1: WSB's Kirk Mellish says he will rock you like a hurricane. He's predicting a high around 84, which translates to an 8 on your Mellish meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. I believe we have time for... Yet another Outrange, English Nick. I think Kirk is like one-tenth
2: German, so that works. It does. No, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. Are they
1: all German from... Uh,
2: Scorpions? Yes. Yeah,
1: I saw yeah. the Scorpions once. Yeah, I met them once. They're nice guys. Nice guys? Yeah, I saw them in the 80s. like a Herman Cain. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, is that the Herman Cain version? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw the Scorpions in the 80s, I, I believe, and um, it, I don't know. It wasn't memorable. I their all singer right.
2: class is like four foot nothing i believe they opened Tiny up
1: guy. it was the one the, they they were touring with uh rainbow probably blackmore which i always thought like what a what an ego <laughs> richie blackmore's <laughs> rainbow just call yourselves a rainbow mick jagger and keith richards the rolling stones you ever met richie blackmore yeah, yeah. insane i'll bet yeah all right all
2: right more outrage on. children are using secret mobile apps to keep things hidden from their parents oh golly gosh me well what
1: a surprise Yeah, I saw. So this is, you know, what's interesting about these apps is apparently they look like the calculator app or something. And in order, so in order to get into the calculator, you have to have the passcode. And if you have the passcode, then you get in there and you see all the stuff that the kid never wants his parents to see. And I read an article on this and it, it, it really made it seem as if the world was coming to an end. And I think that people have to remember that kids are always keeping secrets from their parents. Sure. Always. I remember when I was a kid walking around constantly wondering if my parents were going to find out about two or three things that were out. There's always, when you're a kid, there's always two (laughs) or three things. That are following you around yep. that your parents could find out about, but maybe they won't find out about. It. And you constantly live, it's impossible really to be fully happy because you know there's always a chance that one of these shoes may drop at any point. And maybe they won't. Maybe they won't find out. You'll be fine. If there's three things hanging over your head, probably at least one of them they're going to find out. And you hope it's the least, um, the one that gets the least penalty. The, but, the, the Playboy magazine in the clubhouse. Something like that. Something right. like that, which uh, which I remember when I was a kid, you were terrified about that. I didn't realize that most parents laugh, you know. Oh my goodness, here we go. But to me, it was like, oh my god, my parents—they never imagined that I would be looking at such a thing. Right. Remember the, those are the old days when you had to look at stuff like that outdoors. Right. You know, I was like, <laughs> you had no privacy in your home. So you have a place out there was when I was in when I was in my teens. I spent more time outside. I think that's why I don't spend any time out to, outside as as an adult. We would actually gather in the woods and right. places and like <laughs> oh I never God. do that now I get together with a bunch of 50 year olds and go out in the middle of the woods and do whatever we did in the woods I grew up on the farm we were in the barn oh okay you know, there was the all these to...
2: barns and cubbies you could hide stuff so I hope dad doesn't look under and...
1: that haystack yeah,
2: or... yeah we, we had
1: you know magazines hidden under roots yes you, know, <laughs> <of> <laughs> <trees> <laughs> you had stuff. to get a shovel <laughs> right yes, it was, so I think that people just need to calm down my kid 17 years old he is a sweetheart what a great kid I know there's things he's hiding from me. (laughs) I just hope that none of them are criminal. And quite honestly, I hope I don't find out about most of them because i got to know this guy for the rest of his life. Or my (laughs) life, anyway. All right, we can only avoid it for so long. My misanthrope friend.
0: Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB.
1: Welcome back. I am Eric Von Hestler. That's Patrick Best. That's Jared Yamamoto. That's English Nick. You know, if it's Sunday, that it means it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. This week in the Sunday Atlanta Journal Constitution, a special report that looks at Confederate symbols that are currently on display inside the Georgia State Capitol building. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC and also a little more, uh, I guess, call it house cleaning here before we get to Greg Russ from New York City. Uh, We're going to be on a special edition, Labor Day edition of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll be on tomorrow from 5 to 7. So as you got your uh, barbecues going and everything, just blare us in the background. Von Hessler Doctrine, Labor Day special edition, tomorrow on WSB Radio, 5 to 7. And then we're doing something really cool later in the week. We're going to do our first show with a live audience here in the live lounge. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, that will be live from 8 to 10 correct. this Friday, and that is the 11th this Friday, 8 to 10. It's going to be live in front of the audience, of course. It's going to be on the radio, of course, but... It will also be a video feed, and if people want to follow the video stream, I guess we should call it, where would they go it's on Friday? It's going to be
3: super easy, Eric. In fact, all you have to do is go to wsbradio.com. We're going to put a blue bar across the top of the main page there. It'll say, click here to watch Eric Von Hessler and his live lounge show. That's, that's all i got
1: to do. awesome. That is awesome. And if we want the opposite of awesome, we go to my misanthrope friend. <laughs> He's a misanthrope, he has a dark heart, and he needs a good psychiatrist. New
0: York! New York!
2: It's Greg Russ I with stories from, with from
1: Studio B1. New York. All right, pull that incessant nonsense down. Greg Russ? <laughs> Are you practicing for your jug band?
5: I'm playing a two liter bottle of seltzer right there. I was yeah. trying to match the pitch
1: of the, the song. Well, it's you, you oh. didn't even come close, but I appreciate the... <laughs> Sounds like one of
2: those wacky game show effects. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the, the football follies.
5: Uh, I would just like to point out uh, something very ridiculous. A 20-ounce bottle of seltzer. 20 ounces, uh, $2.19. A, a two-liter, $1.00.
1: So did you go for the uh, the liter or the two liter or the 20 ounces?
5: I'm just drinking a two liter, walking around with it <laughs> on the street as if it's a 20 ounce bottle. See,
1: the other way around, you're paying for convenience because you've got a smaller bottle. And I think that the people, it's a couple of things. If somebody from, that say, died in like 1914 could come back, there's a couple of things that they just wouldn't understand at all. And not just air travel. One thing they wouldn't understand is that people now pay for water. This is not a concept that you would ever be able to get across to anybody from the early 1900s. And another one is the concept that people pay five dollars for a cup of coffee at Starbucks and other cafes, when you know it used to be like coffee was a nickel, right? And it was a bottomless cup. You could sit there in the diner and with your buddies and drink coffee and get hopped up on caffeine. But the other side of that is that people don't remember that before Starbucks and not just Starbucks. I'm not giving them a plug, but the, the whole coffee generation came around. All coffee was terrible in America in the seventies. All of it. In the yep. in the early eighties as well. Coffee was just junk until that happened, but maybe now a little overpriced. So well,
5: it's it's organic fair trade now.
1: Well that's that's important because we don't want the mules to be mistreated or anything that's like that. Something is like a minimum wage? something is being <laughs> mistreated.
5: And, and and quickly we'll get to the story, but I would like to state at some point people probably would have happily paid for water clean water that wasn't going to kill them. But it's back. <laughs> now that you have tap water in this country, that's, that's safe.
1: You know what? I stand corrected. Probably in 1905, there were a lot of people in the world who would have been willing to pay for water that you could actually drink without consequence. But the coffee thing I'm absolutely right about. A nickel! Yeah. It was bottomless! You sit there all day long. Alright, give me a story from Studio B1. No, I love this one.
5: I And I think that this is a bit of an exaggeration, but I love the headline. The Atlanta Braves. Baseball's
1: Crappiest team. <laughs> now the Braves are they still on the losing streak? I know they lost Ooh. six in a row or nine or seven. Or, I have I stopped paying attention months ago, and I know Greg is. Greg grew up here, obviously, and he yeah. was a big Braves fan. And I think he has jumped off the brain the the brains the Braves. <laughs> He's jumped off his brains and the Braves bandwagon. Am, am I correct about that?
5: You're correct. Okay. Uh, be- it, it,
1: okay. Before you go on. Here's my feeling, and I I haven't read anything about this. I don't know this to be a fact. This is just my knee-jerk reaction to the Braves this year. It seems to me that they are trying to just flush out everything because they want to have at least a building-winning type of team in 2017 when they get to the new stadium. Like I don't think they care if the last couple of years at the at the TED are bad because huh. they want to take a competitive team into the new stadium. Uh Jared looks like he has something I'm to sorry. say. I'm sorry,
3: they've lost eleven straight and are losing six to two right now. Six to uh, two against yeah. the nationals. The misery Gosh. continues.
1: Greg, does that sound correct to you when I'm no, my theory? That, that, that does
3: sound correct,
5: and that's one of the things that really angers me and that's that was the uh, the final straw there that they were moving to the suburbs. I understand that they want the stadium, they want all the revenue, but there's this idea that the city never uh, made an atmosphere that was great for game days near Turner Field. When I've read plenty of times that the Braves stopped that from happening because they took some of the parking lot revenue and they didn't want people coming into the game not hungry and already drunk. Uh-oh. That's as much money they can get. That's fine. That's fine. But when they come out and they say things like, well, it's the city's fault. Now we're going to move to the suburbs. Uh, where the traffic's already god-awful, that intersection. And I know there are things in place uh, that, that they're going to implement that make traffic, so they say, bearable getting to the games on game day. Also, Freedy Gonzalez, worst manager. The fact that that guy is still around because Bobby Cox is still calling the shots from somewhere. <laughs> uh, this guy, I'm retiring. I'm re- You're retired? Good. Leave. Don't <laughs> no, <laughs> no make decisions with the organization. You're retired.
1: Now, I think that... Now, you didn't like Freddie... You just didn't think he was a good I know you call him Freedy and I'm gonna <laughs> allow that. But I, I, I you know you're just not a fan of his managing style. But I have to I think the it's Braves the Braves gave him a, a slight extension because they knew like he doesn't have players right now. You really can't judge his managing style it, on this season, certainly. Not this season. It's
5: not this season. It was uh, whenever they had that collapse a couple seasons ago. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. gosh. Uh, the, the team just seems. And last season, they were like in the the run up until August, and it seems like the team just quits on him.
1: I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't understand is We've we've traded away so much talent. And people that you, I know, they've, uh, Freddie Freeman's got to feel like he's the last captive. Like he, we're not getting rid of you. You're, you're, the, you're the one connection to any sort of legacy in the city, and you're gonna have to stick around while we, while we go through this whole thing. But I remember when when McCann was let go, it was because Gaddis was there, and now Gaddis is playing somewhere else. And though I really felt like, you know, I at the time, I guess you could understand the McCann deal. You got a lot of stuff, but that stuff isn't here now. And he's not here now, and I think that you know, there's you have to really think about it before you trade players that are still playing well that people love, right? You know, and so there's no identity there anymore. But again, I still I believe that their big plan is to go into 2017 with a very competitive team or a team that has prospects. But why? I was. About, well, why
3: do you have these young prospects playing and getting the absolute? You know what? Getting beat out of them. I mean, talk right. about that's demoralizing right yeah. there. They've lost eleven straight, and these are supposed to be these studs that we traded for over time. So why? Yeah, I don't know. Mentally do as that? an
1: athlete, I don't know if that kills you or it makes you stronger. It may make you stronger in the end. But well, it's go ahead.
3: I was going to say this stat, this season
5: really is not why I dislike the Braves, and no one expected them to be good, and they were playing 500 ball up through the All-Star break, and that was I think exceeding expectations. But this stat uh, is pretty interesting to me, just to put it nicely. Uh, The Braves have surrendered 15 earned runs in three of their past Seven games. Uh, to put that into perspective, they allowed 15 earned runs in 10 of the 3,948 games played from the start of the 1991 season through the beginning of this stretch where they're losing.
1: So I get your point. They're bad. but I, <laughs> The pitching ain't so good. Yeah, the pitching certainly is not good. But uh, now here's the thing. If I'm right and they have this grand plan to flush things out and have a competitive thing going forward once they get to the new stadium, then you deal with the best laid plans. Because it does. Mm-hmm. Things don't always go the way. Remember, uh, was it Strasbourg for the Nationals? Yeah. Was, remember a few years ago? Oh, this guy's so great that we just have to put him in protective glass, and <laughs> we're yeah. not going to. He's only going to get a certain number of starts. I think they pulled him back when they were going into the postseason. Yeah. Well, we've got a great shut team. Shut him down. We got a great team here, we'll be we'll be at the postseason all the time. We want to have him there with us, and. How great is his career? I know he still shows flashes of what he used to be, but I don't know that they really got out of that. I think pretty much if you're a team, you're best off just to try to win as many games as possible right now. Maybe you start thinking about next season once you're kind of out of the chase. You know, later in the season now, okay, there's a reality. We're not going to make the postseason. Let's talk about that. But I always wonder about when teams have a grand scheme for two or three years, because the players got to do the stuff. And if they don't, then your grand scheme falls down.
5: Well, this is interesting. It has to do with the Mets, and I know people in Atlanta maybe don't care, but it did ties into what we're talking sure about. Sure we here. care?
1: We hate the Mets.
5: But yeah, but Matt Harvey, who's a pitcher on the Mets, and the Mets are in first place, and they're going to go to the playoffs. He just had Tommy John surgery, and he's this is his first season back from it. And Scott Boras is trying to limit his innings pitch. Yeah. He wants to shut him down. And the team isn't shutting him down, so you've got this point. The agent saying, and actually Harvey himself saying, "I'm
1: going to shut it down." Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. First of the all, yeah. the first time. I mean the Mets have stunk for years. Yeah, that's and, and they're about to do that same thing the Nationals did. Oh, we'll be back here all the time. Well, you don't know no that. that. Well, you what don't know opposite.
5: that. It's the opposite. The Nationals shut uh, Strasburg down. This is the agent and the player trying to shut shut yeah. the player down. Well, first of all, the, the,
1: player, the player the players should never say I want to shut yeah. things down this Never. Is, the player should all, no matter what the player actually believes their public statement should always be I want to play yeah. and then allow the other people around them to be the bad guys and maybe do the right thing but uh, if I'm a Mets fan I you better have your best you know I can't imagine being a Mets fan but I'm just putting myself <laughs> in the shoes yeah. if I was a Mets fan you know, I, I am we're going to the postseason for the first time in what, twenty some how a long it been? Time. it's been a long time. I am going to riot if the best <laughs> pitchers are not in the entire postseason. You know, that's I got an idea. We win a World Series, you tear up your arm and you've got millions for life. We'll see you later.
5: Yeah. Well, Let's, I think the idea here is too the Mets do have an opportunity to possibly be like the Braves in the nineties with this core of really great
1: That's players? what the Nationals thought. You can't predict the future. You don't know what's gonna happen. You got a chance at the postseason season, you throw everything at it. Alright, we'll get another story or two from Studio B1 and also we have the best goodbye.
0: The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB
1: Welcome back. WSB's Kirk Mellish predicting a high around 84 which translates into an 8 on your Mellish meter. This weather report brought to you by Shoemaker the official air conditioning of summer. All right, Gregory, very quickly, hit me with one more story from Studio B1. Uh,
5: Fox News anchor Harris Faulkner is suing Hasbro over a hamster toy, uh, part of the Littlest Pet Shop collection. that <laughs> she says, uh, resembles her, and it shares her name. That, to me... The name is the only thing it shares. It looks nothing like it.
1: Uh, I can see where it's... Uh, I'm looking at the story right now, and I could see, obviously, it has her name. Is it actually? Oh, it called? has eyes, and it has a mouth. Okay. No, okay. Well, but okay. It's, <laughs> the way that it, the eyes are done She does have a big nose. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the eyes are done up in kind of her style.
5: I get that, but what, that's, that's... not her style. Uh, so many women put mascara right. and eyeshadow on. That's it's the,
1: called the Harris Faulkner hamster, right? No, it's just Faulkner. Okay, so... I think that she's pretty close. It's not named after the novelist, right? It's well, named, maybe it is. It's named after we her. William How Faulkner we had one? dreamy eyes. I don't know if you ever he noticed certainly that. certainly did. I- the sound and the fury. Please tell me I'm right. He wrote that one, right? <laughs> the light in August. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, Harris Faulkner is one of these people. She's been on Fox News forever, but she's always like a weekend person. Kind of the Eric von Hessler version of uh, Fox News.
3: <laughs> she's on outnumbered a
1: lot too. Always, oh, is she on outnumbered? Yeah, she's okay. on outnumbered. Oh, you watch outnumbered? You, you, you yeah, why are you oh, watching for okay. so the political okay. opinions? Oh my God! The fact that they're hottest. Five of the hottest women in the world debate the Middle East. But those channels <laughs> stick together. Exactly. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah. So I, I, she's always been kind of a mystery to me because I don't know if. If she's independently wealthy, like she's part of Fox News, and seems like she's always been there, but she's always just on the weekends or filling in or sure. guesting on other shows, and as I say that, it, it appears to be where, where my career is right now. So I'm just jealous <laughs> well, that Hasbro has not come out with a Hessler doll. Yeah,
5: now I understand. That makes sense. She needs the money. That's why she needs the five million dollars.
1: Five million. I think she should be. Uh, I would. I would think it's hysterical. Maybe she should just ask for some of the profits. Oh my goodness, are we wrapping up? All right, Greg, thank you. From New York City. Remember, we have a special show tomorrow. We're going to be on 5 to 7, the Von Hessler Doctrine. And we have a live studio audience web streamed show this Friday from 8 to 10. There'll be video involved with the uh, with the web stream. And also, just go to Eric Von Line if you want more of our stuff. E-R-I-C-V-O-N-L-I-N-E dot com. I should mention... It's not. Uh, it's like rated R. The stuff we do over there. So don't don't necessarily bring the family. I want to thank everybody again. It was a it was a a great show today. Thank you to uh, Mary Ellen Hopkins in the newsroom. Thanks to Mark Dowden for running the board. Thanks to Patrick Best, the publisher of Poets, Artists, and Madmen. Like him on Facebook. Please do not you, but Poets, Artists, and Madmen. Thanks to Jared Yamamoto, my producer. Thanks to the man named Nick, not from America, called English Nick. Cheers. Thank everyone for. Uh, for tuning in that was this episode and thank the guy from dragon con <laughs> who's obviously a little overweight that was this episode of the von hessler doctrine we'll chat with you again next week until then get off my lawn every
0: fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s based restoration specialist on your team